What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Monday, September 22nd. And we, of course, are going to recap everything we saw over the weekend here on Sunday, Week 3 Fantasy Football. Uh, before I get into that, though, I do have to you know, just say something briefly here. You may have seen on Saturday or Sunday the news circulating that uh, the fantasy community lost one of our valued members uh, in Mike Taglier. Of course, you probably know him from over at Fantasy Pros. Uh, Mike passed away over the weekend due to COVID. And uh, I have to say, this is heartbreaking news, devastating for the family, I'm sure. Just 39 years old. And a, a person who I knew quite well. You know, he was one of the many who worked over at PFF when I was there. I, in fact, hired him for basically his first paying job in the industry, and I remember how excited he was. A lot of people want to do this job, <laughs> and I will tell you that uh, once they start doing it, and I've seen a lot of people come into the industry and then you know fall by the wayside, uh, they realize that it's not an easy job. It sounds glamorous. It's not glamorous. It's like literally me in a room by myself all the time, and that's the same for any of us. And Mike had that enthusiasm that I had seen many times before, but he, very few people actually continued to have that enthusiasm after five or six years of doing the job, and he did. He loved this job. He loved this industry. He loved you, even if you didn't even know who he was. He loved all the people who play fantasy football. And he was just a genuinely good person that is not common. You know, people say these sorts of things. It's 100% true about Mike. And he's going to be missed. He made the fantasy industry a better place. So I'm going to miss my friend, and, and the industry is certainly going to miss him as well. And, of course, uh, positive vibes, thoughts, prayers to his family, his wife. His wife and I had a, a fun night along with Mike that was in Dallas at a FS. Uh, TA event, which is a, basically our, our industry conferences, and they're about as fun as they sound, but we had a fun night out. We went to a Mavs game, and somehow his wife and I, his wife Tabby and I, started talking about GMOs. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I, much of a nerd I am. And uh, we were having a conversation for a while, and, and it was like it was a spirited conversation because she's that type of person. And I'd only just met her, and I'd only really, tags had only really come aboard just recently. And I remember, like, sort of at one point, he, I guess he had said something to her, and then she, I think she said it to me, like, that he, he was like nervous that, uh, it was like going to screw up his chances with with like PFF, which of course it didn't. In fact, it endeared me to both of them more. Uh, but I'll never forget that and, and never forget his impact on the industry. Uh, so I wanted to at least take a couple of minutes to share that with you. He was uh, such an important person in our industry for all of the positivity that he brought. And if you have the means, there is a GoFundMe. He has a young son, obviously Tabby. Uh, he has a daughter as well and devastating stuff. So if you have the means, you know, and you could help him out, that'd be awesome. Of course, I know he wouldn't want me to blabber on and on and on. Uh, he would want me to talk about football. So we do have to get into that. So we will. And I'm going to start with the first game on the list here from this weekend. And that, of course, being Washington and Buffalo. And hey, Josh Allen is back. Uh, all is right with the world for Josh Allen. Big, big, big time game here. But you may be a little bit concerned if you have Stephon Diggs. 
I'm actually not. He had 10 targets in this game. I know a lot of people are going to look at Emmanuel Sanders, but only six for Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, and air yards wise, Stephon Diggs is the number three receiver in the NFL. So that's great opportunities there. Eventually that's going to convert over. So it's a good buy low on him. Zach Moss, 44 snaps, Devin Singletary, 34. So, uh-oh. I think we're kind of back to where we were last year. And, and Moss, yet again, was the better fantasy play. Uh, on the other side, it wasn't a huge game for Antonio Gibson, but the patience, if you, if you, if you were patient with him, you were rewarded for being patient. Uh, he put up a pretty good line thanks to a long touchdown. Uh, and, you know, not much on the ground, but in a game where they were thoroughly stomped, uh, it at least is encouraging that he is a top 20 fantasy option. He certainly didn't lose year week uh, right there. Moving on to the next game, Chicago and Cleveland. Okay, uh, Matt Nagy was, I think we we now know why he didn't want to start Justin Fields. And I know people are going to complain about Nagy or the the, the Bears didn't do this or the Bears didn't do that. But quite frankly, there was a lot of this on Justin Fields. It was a terrible first outing, you know, it, and for a number of reasons, not just to play on the field. Like this is not what you want for your for, for your quarterback. And I, I do think that all along that plan was to get out of this month and not have him face a very good defense in the Browns in his first professional start. But that's exactly what he had. Better days are ahead, though. I'm, I don't think this is just Justin Fields forever. Uh, but, you know, he's got some improving to do. Anyway, his impact will, or his improvement will impact Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, all of them positively. On the other side, Odell Beckham Jr. looked really good in this game. I I, I was actually pleasantly surprised. Now, ends up being wide receiver 29. If you left him on the bench, it's not the end of the world. I, I'd rather have him do a, de- you know, put up a decent performance on my bench than actually put up a dud in my starting lineup. But five on nine for 77, 149 air yards, though, made a couple nice nice grabs. Vintage Odell Beckham. I think this is really encouraging going forward. Uh, it's encouraging for Baker Mayfield as well. And not worried about Nick Chubb. In fact, if anybody is worried, it's a great buy low. He still out-snapped Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt just put up the better fantasy numbers, but whatever. Uh, moving on to Baltimore and Detroit. Detroit quietly becoming my favorite team because <laughs> of the fight that they have, of course, I do have a a bone to pick with kicking scoring. If Justin Tucker only got five points in your league or worse, three points, you are doing it wrong. Maybe it should be three points for the field goal and then you get yardage points. That would give him 9.9. Maybe, just maybe, if it's a game-winning field goal, we should be giving extra bonus points for that. So maybe it's like 11.9 points for that field goal. It was the longest kick in history. I don't have an issue with kickers. I have an issue with kicking scoring. I think that's where where we got to start. And I know if you don't have kickers in your league, you don't you don't care. Cool. Uh, running back snaps for Baltimore. Pretty interesting. Twenty nine for Tyson Williams. Nineteen for Latavius Murray. And nine for Freeman. So that is interesting right there. The gap is closed. On the Detroit side, eh, not a great game for TJ Hawkinson. Better days will be ahead. He did play 53 snaps in this one. So I'm not really too overly concerned by TJ Hawkinson. Another one, if somebody was freaking out after one week and ignoring the first two weeks, then uh, yeah, buy low on TJ Hawkinson. All right, I want to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to dive into Indianapolis and Tennessee. A lot of interesting developments there, so that is right after our break. 
two ankles, Carson Wentz somehow managed to play. There is a Twitter account that is tracking how many snaps he plays uh, in order for the Eagles to get that first round pick. I think it's uh, amazing. I think it's Wentz snaps at Wentz snaps. And there are a lot of people following along with it. And it's actually pretty well done. But regardless, he's out there. He plays. It wasn't good, but he threw to the end zone five times, three of them to Zach Pascal. Zach Pascal is leading the league with six end zone targets through the first uh, uh, three weeks of the season. I thought Jonathan Taylor looked fine, and I think it's a great buy-low opportunity. He had 64 rushing yards on 10 attempts. Great buy-low opportunity. Of course, uh, Quentin Nelson banged up and looks like he could miss some time with a high ankle sprain. On the other side, A.J. Brown could miss some time as well. That was uh, frustrating. So if he does miss time, that's a downgrade. But Ryan Tannehill actually did throw some touchdowns in this one after last week. I, by the way, a lot of people have said, hey, I took your advice. I just watched the games. I didn't look at my fantasy scores all day. And they actually enjoyed it. I'm telling you. Because you can't change anything by staring at your fantasy scores. And and sometimes you get, like, you certainly get misled. It's not an actual NFL game. So you're not ever really leading or losing because the result doesn't freaking matter until you get to the end of the game, right? So just chilling, watching football, not a bad thing. And I'm glad that people took me up on that. Chargers, Kansas City. Kansas City, that was a weird game for Kansas City. So if you signed up for Tyreek Hill, you signed up for Tyreek Hill. And this is what happens with Tyreek Hill. Up and down, roller coaster ride, one of the highest ceilings out there, but also the floor can be kind of low. I had said before this one, though, it was a rubber meets the road game for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I think we can all you know, breathe a collective sigh of relief here. 17 for 100, 2 for 9, but a touchdown. Top 12 fantasy week there for CEH. On the other side, Mike Williams is the real deal. Now, is he the number one receiver in Los Angeles? No, he's not. It's still Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen had 12 targets in this game. Mike Williams had nine. Keenan Allen played 55 snaps. Mike Williams played 48. So it is still Keenan Allen. Yes, Mike Williams is the number one fantasy receiver for this week. I don't think that is going to continue. I'd be really surprised, but I do think he's going to continue to be a top 20. I am not selling high. I'm holding on Mike Williams. And Austin Eckler is awesome. And Justin Herbert got back on track, so it's exactly what we want to see. New Orleans, New England. Uh, this is game three of weird New Orleans games. <laughs> like, another one. Jameis Winston literally just heaving balls into the air and completing them for touchdown passes, which is one of those, I love these. Like, the coaching said, no, 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 no. no. Oh, oh, yes! <laughs> it's one of those. But anyway, Callaway got that one. Four for 41 in the touchdown for Callaway. This was all Alvin Kamara. And, of course... Taysom Hill with a goal line carry. Yay. Um, anyway, on the other side, somehow I, I actually had to like contact our FTN data team because I was like, this can't be right. Mac Jones did not have 633 air yards, but it's right. Uh, he threw 51 passing attempts in this one. So anyway, the air yards are there. 14 targets for Jacoby Myers, eight for Aguilar, only two catches for him. Six catches on eight targets for no, uh, Kendrick Bourne. So Kendrick Bourne trending up here a little bit. Uh, and, of course, Hunter Henry, the better play. They both had six targets, both he and Janu Smith. But Henry, five for 36, only one for four for Janu. Not worried about Damian Harris. Uh, looks like James White could be out for some time, too, by the way. Maybe season ending. 
Uh, but Damian Harris, in a game where they get down early, I don't expect him to run the ball a lot. Buy low. He's a back-end RB2 no matter what. Atlanta and the G-Men. Saquon looking good, and that was about it for the Giants. But Saquon looking good. The Giants really banged up at wide receiver now. So Saquon, and that's about it. On the Atlanta side, what's the deal with Kyle Pitts? Well, he's 17 targets on the season. That's what the deal is with him. Okay, he didn't have the best game here. He's a rookie. You know, that's going to happen at tight end. By low. Uh, Cordero Patterson closing the gap a little bit more with Mike Davis. Mike Davis, 37 snaps. Cordero Patterson, 26. Mike Davis, 16 touches. Cordero Patterson, 13 touches. Six for 82 as a receiver. He was actually the better fantasy play. Uh, this is trending towards Cordero Patterson as every week flex option, if not better. And don't worry about Calvin, Calvin Ridley. I'm not worried about him. 11 targets in this one. He caught eight for 61. The eight dots not very high, but I don't care, and I am buying low. It's going to take a little bit of time for this offense to transition, but buy low while you can. Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. Cincinnati only played 47 offensive snaps, so I'm still not concerned about Joe Burrow. Big-time performance for Jamar Chase, even on that limited volume, because he got in the end zone twice. Dude has four touchdowns already. On the Pittsburgh side, this one, when it flashed across the screen, because I was watching Red Zone yesterday, I, I saw 14 for 102. I'm like, wow, Najee Harris getting it done on the ground. I'm like, oh, wait, that's his receptions. 14 catches on 19 targets for 102 yards. He's the number one PPR back. This is what Najee Harris can do. Uh, of course, Juju Smith-Schuster was banged up in this game. We had no Deontay Johnson. So Chase Claypool had 15 targets, caught 9 for 96. Solid outing there. Ben Roethlisberger still can't throw the football, though. 5.4 yards of average depth of target. That's really low. Arizona, Jacksonville. James Conner gets goal line carries when they get down in the goal line, and he had two of them, converted both of them in this one. Of course, the bigger news here, though, is the round robin, merry-go-round, whatever you want to call it, of Rondell Moore and Christian Kirk and A.J. Green even throw him into the mix. Christian Kirk was a better play this week. Rondell Moore was a bad play this week, but it could easily reverse next week. I, I think that if you pick any of these guys up, you just be better better be prepared to just hang on to them and hope that you guess right or that one of them gets hurt. Like if Hopkins was hurt enough, serious enough to not play, then Moore probably would have had a better game. You know, where A.J. Green gets hurt, then Moore's in the mix, and Kirk's volume goes up. That's kind of where we are with this one. On Jackson, on the Jacksonville side, I was asked, like, oh, is James Robinson back to his old self? I have no freaking clue. <laughs> it was one game, and it was, like, kind of – it was what we had hoped all along. 15 for 88 and a score. 6 for 46. That's a solid week right there. Is he back to his old self? I have no idea. Now, I do know the team traded for a tight end. They basically had none. Jacob Hollister had six targets in this one, only caught two for 15. Uh, with James O'Shaughnessy out, sidelined for a while, uh, they brought in Dan Arnold. They got rid of C.J. Henderson. They kind of wanted to do that for a while. Marvin Jones, still the top receiver, both in targets and snaps, 8 and 66. Then D.J. Shark, 6 and 59. LaVisca Chenault. Four and 44. Chenault could be droppable. I, I don't have any issue with that if you didn't already do it. Chark got in the end zone, but not the biggest fantasy day. Good enough. Good enough there for DJ Chark. Uh, on to the Jets and the Broncos. So on the Denver side of things, this was kind of what I had expected. I didn't expect a big game out of, uh, you know, ultimately out of the 
passing game, so Cortland Sutton could be a buy low. We still have that committee in the backfield. Melvin Gordon is a sell high. On the Jets side, not enough Michael Carter for my liking, but enough to get us an over on rushing attempts. He remains a hold. There wasn't a ton to take away from that. If you played the Jet, the Denver defense, you did quite well. Miami and the Raiders. Um, well, Jacoby Brissett likes Mike Gesicki and apparently Jalen Waddell. Uh, in this game, Brissett targeting Mike Gesicki 12 times. He caught 10 of them. Keep in mind, it's a different quarterback than what we're going to see after Tua comes off of injured reserve, but it'll be at least more two, two more games that is a Brissett. He targets Jalen Waddell 13 times. Waddell catches 12 of them. They're, all sh- they're basically all short targets. 12 for 58. I mean, it's not good yardage, but 12 catches in PPR puts him as a top 20 option. On the other side, are we all in on Peyton Barber? We really need to talk about that. I, f- I feel really bad for anybody with Josh Jacobs because this should have been Josh Jacobs' game. Barber, 23 for 111 and 1, uh, 3 for 31 as a receiver. We're not all in on Peyton Barber. We just are hoping that Jacobs comes back. And uh, Henry Ruggs, predictably coming back to earth a little bit here, still put up 4 for 78, but it was Renfro who got in the end zone for the team. Darren Waller will be fine going forward, uh, 5 for 54. And Derek Carr still put up a top 10 week. So there's that uh, for Derek Carr. Moving on to Tampa and the Rams, the litmus test game. The Rams won. And in somewhat convincing fashion here, what did we see? Well, we saw the one big Deshaun Jackson game of the year. Here's the snaps, and this is a telling thing. Robert Woods, 57. Cooper Cup, 53. Van Jefferson, 50. Deshaun Jackson, 21. So if you played Deshaun Jackson this week, good for you. But don't chase this one. Three for 120 and one. That is a don- as Deshaun Jackson a line as I've ever seen in my life. Sonny Michelle getting in there, had 20 carries, was not very effective. Predictably against that defense, 67 rushing yards. Three for 12 as a receiver. Currently RB24. That'll likely change with Miles Sanders and Ezekiel Elliott still to play. Uh Buy low on Robert Woods. I'm not selling on Cooper Cup, but buy low on Robert Woods. On the other side, Tom Brady only threw for only threw for one touchdown. But he still ends up putting up a very solid fantasy day because he threw for over 400 yards, 432 to be precise. Uh, he is now closing in on the all-time passing yardage record, which he will probably, it'll be the first or second quarter against New England next week. Giovanni Bernard, I said this, I thought we were going to see a lot of him in this game and a lot of 12 personnel, and that's exactly what we saw. Why? Because they needed to protect Tom Brady. So Giovanni Bernard, yes, he had 9 for 51 and a score. Yes, he's very likely going to be a top 12 PPR play, but don't chase this one. It's still Leonard Fournette. Giovanni Bernard won't be used unless there's a really, really tough matchup like the Rams going forward. And obviously, they're not going to play the Rams again going forward. So just keep that in mind with Geo. Seattle and Minnesota. Well, hey, this is why we commit to a cuff. You hear that? Anybody out there thinking of dropping A.J. Dillon, who has Aaron Jones? You commit to these, these better cuffs. Alexander Madison is certainly one of the better cuffs out there. And he goes off in this one, 26 for 112. Six for 59. That's a top 10 week if I've ever seen it. Tyler Conklin is certainly, I'm going to talk about him tomorrow, is certainly, he's very athletic, man. Seven for 70 and a touchdown. He is in the mix. I don't think we're going to see this quite this much volume 
going forward, that would be very surprising. But it's the athleticism and the role in the offense uh, that hopefully will will continue. Plus the fact he plays 54 out of 75 offensive snaps. That all bodes well right there on the Seattle side. Ah, Tyler Lockett, the roller coaster ride. Didn't think we were going to get it this year, did you? Well, we got it. Four for 31, right back down. And then next week could be up, could be down. It's Tyler Lockett. Six for 107 and a score for DK. Great week for him and really solid on minimal volume. Chris Carson only played 23 snaps. He had 12 for 80 and a touchdown, additional two catches. So solid week for him. Even with all that, he's only RB18, by the way. Uh, But still, solid week, can't complain. All right, rounding it out, San Francisco and Green Bay. All is right with the world with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. They were hooking up left and right. Adams puts up a monster week, goes 12 on 18 for 132 in a score, 253 air yards, <laughs> which is just awesome. I love that right there. Aaron Jones rock solid, 19 for 82 and a score, 2 for 14. Not a huge week, but rock solid. Rock solid. I, I, I'd be totally happy with that. I know it's RB15 for the week, but I'd be totally happy for that. On the San Francisco side, so it literally was only Trey Sermon out of the running backs who played. Literally, that's it. Trey Sermon, 41 snaps, no snaps for Trenton Cannon or Carryon Johnson in this one. Uh, and Sermon got in the end zone as a runner. If you had to use him as a flex, that's fine. RB22 which is about what I expected for him anyway. Uh, so that's good. Brandon Ayuk getting a little bit more involved. Debo, by the way, 10 targets for Debo. So I'm not worried about the stat line being down. But Ayuk, four for 37 and a touchdown, three end zone targets for him in this one. George Kittle getting back and just doing what he does. Seven for 92 for George Kittle. I like that right there. All right, that's uh, everything for today. Uh, Tomorrow, of course, on the podcast, we will break down the waiver wire for you here for week four. We're almost out of the first quarter of the season, uh, so we'll do that on the podcast tomorrow. In the meantime, FTNFantasy.com, FTNBets.com, FTNDaily.com, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram, and I will catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out. 